Welcome to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes, a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Amid, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Mike leads us verse by verse through the Bible and shares with us the impacting truth of God's Word. Be sure to stay tuned until the close of our program to hear about some exciting news and special offers. We'll also tell you how you can obtain a full-length copy of this entire message. And don't forget, you can always catch up on Mike's teaching on our website at ccmit.org. We're currently going through the book of Luke in a series titled, The Uncommon Gospel. So grab your Bible, turn up the volume, and follow along with us. Here's Pastor Mike. Turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 4. This message is chapter 4, verse 14 through 30, Heal Thyself. In our text today, we're going to see a group of people who've been praying for healing. Healing to come spiritually, socially, economically, politically, and even physically for some. They've been praying for a long time for the Messiah to come. For the Messiah to come and redeem them and and to deliver them from their situation. And yet when Jesus the Messiah comes, they're excited. But they quickly learn, ah, this isn't really what we expected. This isn't really what we were looking for. And that's what we're going to see in our text today. If you'll stand with me. Just giving honor to God's word. Luke chapter 4, verse 14. The word of the Lord says, Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and news of him went through all the surrounding region. And he taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. So he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. So all bore witness to him and marveled at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, Is this not Joseph's son? Then he said to them, You will surely say this proverb to me, Physician, heal yourself. Whatever we, you, whatever we have heard done in Capernaum, do also here in your country. Then he said, Assuredly, I say to you, no prophet is accepted in his own country. But I tell you truly, many widows were in Israel in the days of Elijah, when the heaven was shut up for three years and six months, and there was a great famine throughout all the land. But none of them was Elijah sent, except to Zarephath, to the region of Sidon, to a woman who was a widow. And many lepers were in Israel in the time of Elisha, the prophet, and none of them was cleansed except Naaman, the Syrian. So all those in the synagogue, when they heard these things, were filled with wrath and rose up and thrust him out of the city and led him to the brow of a hill on which their city was built that they might throw him down over the cliff. Then passing through the midst of them, he went his way. And Father, we thank you for this passage and we ask, Lord, that you would just open our hearts and our minds, that you would speak to us, Lord, about these things pertaining to our own lives, pertaining to our own fellowship, Lord. I pray that we would just see you, Jesus and understand what your will is, Lord, for our lives personally. Speak prophetically into our hearts, Lord. Lord, open our hearts to to receive what your Spirit is saying. 
It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. So just to kind of catch us up to where we are, and of course I can't really do a, a justice of everything we've covered so far, but Luke is, is an interesting book. You know, Luke is the only book that is not really an eyewitness account. When you think of Matthew and John, those of course were apostles of Jesus, and they wrote based on their own experiences with Jesus and the things that they knew of Jesus. And then of course Mark was written as Peter's account. Mark was Peter's companion and wrote Peter's account of the gospel. Some people have controversy about the end of Mark. I think it's my personal opinion that, that Peter wrote that part himself because it's clunky and ugly Greek where the rest of it's more beautiful. And so I think that that's the, the, the solution to that. But you have Luke who's very different. He wrote much later than the others. And as he wrote, he wrote as someone who was not an eyewitness to any of it, but interviewed eyewitnesses and, and collected manuscripts and compiled his gospel, writing it to a man named Theophilus. Now, Luke, of course, starts earlier than any of the other gospels. He starts at John the Baptist and six months before John was even born, or nine months before John was even born, six months before Jesus was even conceived, Zacharias, of course, meets the angel Gabriel. And that's where Luke starts his gospel, this, this prophecy over the forerunner of Jesus. And then you have this kind of tension between Jesus and John and their parallel stories. Very interesting to study out as you, as you look at those things. But it culminates in Jesus's baptism. And of course, this is the beginning of Jesus's public ministry. Jesus comes to the Jordan River. John is there. He baptizes him. Just a beautiful scene as we read throughout the Gospels. The heavens open, a dove comes down, ascends on Jesus. He's filled with the Holy Spirit, and the Father says, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And then Jesus, rather than getting back out on the Israel side of the Jordan, it would seem Jesus gets out on the Sinai side, or, or the, the wilderness side of the Jordan, and he wanders, he's driven by the Spirit, or he's led by the Spirit into the wilderness for 40 days as he fasted and he is tempted by the devil. And of course, we, we talked about that last time, I think it was in April, that we went through that section. But, but Jesus is tempted by the devil, and of course, you know, going through the most difficult trial in his life, Jesus, he comes out as gold. It's amazing as we, as we read about that. Going through the same temptations, and if you study it out, it's pretty fascinating. Going through the same temptations, the same failures that Adam and Eve failed in the garden, but also the same failures that the children of Israel failed in the wilderness. Jesus goes out into the wilderness and succeeds where everyone else fails. And, and he comes out of that trial and that testing. And I love this next line. It's the first line of our text today. In verse 14, it says, Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and news of him went out throughout all the surrounding regions, and he taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. So Jesus is hammered by the devil for 40 days and 40 nights, and then he comes back filled with the power of the Spirit. Notice it doesn't say, say he came back in his own mighty power. Now, we might kind of think of that, you know, that Jesus is the Son of God, and he is God in flesh, and he can do whatever he wants to do. And certainly that is true. In fact, that's what the devil wanted him to do, right? Turn the, the, the stone into bread. You know, throw yourself down knowing that you're going to be delivered. You know, the things that he could do in his own strength, in his own flesh. And yet Jesus denied all of those things because we know through the, the Word of God 
that Jesus did not exercise his own power as God when he was here on this earth. He laid it aside. Not that he couldn't have picked it up anytime he wanted to. He certainly could have. But it tells us in Philippians chapter 2 that though he was in the form of God, not considering it robber to be equal with God, he made himself of no reputation, coming in the form of a servant, and then he humbled himself even to the death of the cross. And so Jesus on this earth, just like you and I, was he was a, a man. And except our sin, he was just like us in every way. He was tempted. He was, had difficulty. He had pain. He had heartache. He had all the things that we suffer on a daily basis. Jesus would suffer as well. In fact, maybe even more intensely, having no sin. And yet without sin. And yet he would live his life filled with the Holy Spirit. And so when Peter tells us that we should walk in his steps and we should be like Jesus, he's not saying you need to be perfect like him because there's no way we ever could. But what he is saying is that we need to walk in the Spirit and that we need to be completely filled by the Spirit. And of course, Paul reminds us that if we walk in the Spirit, we won't fulfill the lusts of the flesh, right? Which is very important for our lives. And so Jesus comes through this trial, and so so often that's what trials do to us. We go through the trial, and the trial, what it does is it grinds us down, doesn't it? It it, it breaks us, and, and everything that we thought that we knew, and everything that we thought that was important, and everything that we thought was, was ours, gets basically taken down and, and taken away from us so that we can realize that Jesus is really what we need. And the power of the Spirit in our lives is really what gives us something. And and we have nothing to boast in at that point. I I love that old song by Keith Green, where he says, you've brought me low so I could know the way to reach the heights, to forsake my dreams, my self-esteem, and to give up all my rights for each one that I lay down, a jewel's placed in my crown for his love and things above are all I'll ever need. You know, it's amazing how God will will do that. He'll he'll take us and he'll humble us to the point where we say, I have nothing left. I've, I've come to that point many times in my life. Okay, I can't do this, Lord. I don't know what to do. I have no idea. I can't go any farther. And and it's it's isn't it true that we find ourselves in that place and it's at that point that he's made strong in our weaknesses? I love the story of James Frazier who went to the LaSalle in China. He was a he was a young man, very strong and strapping. He very tall. He had a lot of physical strength and a lot of agility. And he was an engineer, just finished engineering college. But he felt like God was calling him to the mission field. So he joined the China Inland Mission and he went to the LaSalle. And, and because of his physical strength, they thought, you know, let's send him to this remote place where a lot of people couldn't make it. This guy could do it. And so they get him out there. And for 11 years, he toiled amongst the LaSalle. Thanks again for listening to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes. If you would like a copy of today's sermon in its entirety, call us at 208-365-0991 or send us a text at 208-991-2756. Be sure to mention today's date. You can also listen to Pastor Mike's latest message on our website at ccemmett.org. And don't forget to search for Calvary Chapel Emmett on iTunes and YouTube. Remember to hit subscribe when you're there. Thanks again for listening, and remember, always abide in truth. Until next time, God bless. Abide in Truth is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Emmett, Idaho.
Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to invite you to watch our services live on Facebook. You can watch us every Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30. Just go to our page, Calvary Chapel of Emmett, and scroll down for the live service. It is an interactive experience. While on our page, feel free to watch previous Sundays as well. So join Calvary Chapel Emmett Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30 on Facebook. We look forward to seeing you. Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to offer you a free gift for joining us today. Right Now Media. Right Now Media has been called the Netflix of Christian Bible studies. With over 30,000 Bible studies and discipleship videos, there's even tons of Christian cartoons for the kids. To get your free account to Right Now Media, just visit our website at ccemmett.org forward slash right now. That's ccemmett.org forward slash right now. And God bless you.